You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, and what a week it has been mm-hmm. for your hosts of Sexy Marriage Radio. I'm glad uh, to have you home. Yes. Uh, I just returned from a six-day training at the time of our recording of this, um, a six-day intensive training with Dr. Schnarch in California, which it was all day, every day of those six days. Yeah. But some fun things happened because on the first day at break, we're heading. I'm heading up the elevator uh, to my room real quick, and I'm riding with a couple other people. And one guy goes, "Hey, I'm, I'm Dave," and I'm like, "I'm Corey." And he said, "Corey, Corey Allen." I'm like, yeah. You really? Have a pod- you have a podcast, right? Yes. Is that right? I listen. Yeah. So we went to lunch or dinner that night and talked more. So well, that's fun. Shout out to Dr. Dave. And to Miguel, who emailed, he met at the met at the at this conference also, and he listened on his way home on the flight home, and we have we have new listeners now. I love ah, it. Thanks, Dave and Miguel. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio, uh, and since you're listening, welcome to the nation. Welcome to the Sexy Marriage Nation. We love hearing from you and what's going on in your world, just like we share what's going on in ours, and you can let us know at two one four seven zero two nine five six five. Uh, we love your co- your questions, your comments. Uh, we play e- voicemails on the air to help uh, shape the conversation because this is listener-driven radio. We also love your emails, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Uh, love to let, you, let us know what you think about what's going on. And then we also have two versions of the show, and I have to put a plug in for last week's show, uh, the episode with Jessa Zimmerman. Yeah who's a fellow Schnarchy, and I thought she might have been at this conference, and there were several people that work with her that said, nah, she just couldn't make it this okay. time. But um, So in the extended episode of last week, if you are not a member of the Academy or haven't signed up for the 8 bucks a month for the extended content, you can subscribe at sexymarriage.net. Um, there's all kinds of information on how to join. Um, we had some more in-depth conversation where my wife brought it according to several people that listened well i uh, well you know the whole goal here is i'm bringing the voice of of the low desire i'm bringing the voice of a lot of the women that have never yep um had their voice heard she's a woman's woman if you if you will i'm here for you ladies and so uh, if you're curious uh sign up sexymarriage.net you can find all about that um so coming up on today's regular version, which is the free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, we've got some info about um, this year's getaway. Oh, we're really looking that's, forward that's to this. coming up in 2019, as well as a couple of your questions and our answers. Um, I'm going to have uh, a second opinion segment okay. with a fellow marriage family therapist, Dale Sadler. And then in the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper and about twice as long, he and I are going to go... Uh, even more in detail on this whole concept of phenomenal. He wrote a blog post, Dale Sadler did, about uh, we have a boyhood crisis. 
Okay, in so our, you're diving in our society, into that. and so we're going to dive into the world of boys and men in the extended content. So, okay, I'm ex- interested to hear that because I'm curious how close the boy is to the nice guy. Aha! Uh-huh, well, stay tuned and sign up at sexymarriage.net. Okay. So, so let me just go straight in through an e- an email that came up. Okay. That uh, this this is. Um, we wanted to just write to tell you how thankful we are that we experienced our first Sexy Marriage Radio getaway this last weekend. So this came in at the end of this past year's getaway, which was you know in June 2018. Okay. We've been listeners for nine months and decided to give the getaway a try. We weren't disappointed. Sex hasn't always been easy for us, and your podcast has been a part of a journey for us over the past year. The getaway really helped us solidify some changes, and we can both say it was transformational as far as the weekend. We would encourage anyone who's been on the fence about this to really give it a chance next year. Thank you, Corey, for your expertise and willingness to be real. And thanks for Pam for all the hard work and willingness to share as well. We can't wait for, for the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway again. Well, the time is now as far as registration is opening up. Yeah, we're preparing for June. Today, mm-hmm. as of this record, as of this share, this show, sexymarriageradio.net forward slash getaway, or just go to sexymarriage.net and you'll find all the info to go to the show notes. It'll be right there. You can register to come join us June 20th through the 23rd, 2019. Again, we're at the DFW, just north of the DFW airport, the Marriott Solana, where we've been several years now. It's a fantastic hotel. And again, this will be a true getaway. Although, are you, you got I'm any waiting. suspense? I'm waiting. Based on what I just went through the past six days, mm-hmm. I've got some really cool ideas percolating for this coming getaway to make this thing a one of a time, one of a kind kind of experience. Okay, I'm really excited about that. that. I think we can do some things we've never tried before at the getaway that can be phenomenal on how it all unfolds for couples. Okay. That, this, that I think this truly can be a one-of-a-time, one-of-a-kind experience. Okay, so it's totally different than the prior years it, for the most part? It will kind of be a blend. Okay. Of the So let, if you're not familiar with the getaway, let's give a little bit of detail. Yeah. Because what we've done is we've stumbled upon, if you will, I mean, it's been very intentional on in how that we've designed this, but we've created a blend of a retreat and a getaway. Mm-hmm. where we start on a Thursday night, June 20th, which will start around 7 o'clock. We start to lay the groundwork that night. And then the Friday and Saturday, we go all we go all the main part of the day, but we don't start till 10 in the morning. And we're done around 4.30 or 5 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so you have the rest of the time. You have the morning to hang out with your spouse. And there's a fair amount of time for lunch in the middle there, you got too. A, usually got about a two-hour lunch. Yeah, And then you have the evening to go explore DFW, go hang out with your spouse and explore each other, um, have fun with some other couples there because we've had several that have repeated yeah. before. And to those of you that have come prior, this will be brand new in large regards yeah. with what I'm thinking. So this is this is not a canned, oh, I've already got that. Yeah, But it truly is a time where, and then on Sunday, we wrap up around 11 so you got plenty of time to leave that day but again we don't start till late in the morning mm-hmm. so that you have a morning 
Because how yeah. many couples get that anymore? Yeah, and a lot of the feedback that we got was um, it, it was the right amount of content for what you're doing. Because some of it can be deeper. Yes. A, a lot of it is is deeper. And so it's like the right balance of of content because that's really what people are wanting. It, yes. It's the content. It's If you wanted just a, a vacation... Well, you can certainly go go on vacation. Go to Cozumel or Cabo yep. or something, and go on vacation. And yep. um, what people are wanting is content, right? Yep. And so that's where the driving force is behind that we want to continue to help you improve, help you get better. And so content is king, but it's also a relaxed environment. It's a good. It's a great place where it's at, and yeah. we give you time to just to just be. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have been big proponents of the Sexy Marriage Nation. And this is truly just for those people that are into the nation. Mm-hmm. They're into each other, but they also, we've got some relationships that have been created. A lot of them are now Academy members. Mm-hmm. They stay in contact with each other in the Academy. But it's a chance to, if you like the weekly episodes that we do and you think, man, I'm not getting enough. Well, then the getaway's for you because we go deep. Yeah. And we get involved, but it's also one of those that it's, it, there's an experiential component that is really designed just for you as a couple. Mm-hmm. You're not required to share stuff with other people unless you want, but it's, it is one of those, this is designed for you and your spouse. Yeah. And so I cannot wait till June of 2019 because this is one of the highlights of the year for us. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for what, is going to unfold and how this percolates more in my brain. Mm-hmm. And as, and as Pam and I talk more about what we, what we're going to do, but we want to see you there. And so registration is going on now. It's opening up now. Uh, early bird rate is six twenty five. Okay. So if you register now, uh, you, you snag that rate. Um, we do keep this as a smaller intimate gathering. This is not a huge ballroom where hundreds of couples come. We keep this, Mm-hmm. real targeted on the number we're shooting for. And so if you want to secure a spot, do so. There's payment plans available. And then you can also join us uh, at Stay at the Marriott Solana. It's all just right there. Lots of stuff in walking distance. Mm-hmm. And we've negotiated a discounted room rate of 124 that includes two buffet breakfasts every morning. Yeah, two meaning you and spouse. You and your spouse. Like you're not going to one person yep. eat two breakfasts. Right. Well, if, if you want <laughs> one person to eat two breakfasts for this buffet breakfast, you're welcome to. But we hope you'll join us. And we can't wait to see you there. Yeah. So here's from the inbox. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Okay. Uh, I love your podcast. Been binge listening to your show the past month. Cannot get enough. Thank you for your knowledge and expertise. It helps my marriage go from good to great. Let me give you some background. My husband and I grew up in a very conservative religious home where sex was never talked about. Oh, I'm sorry. My husband grew up. That's a, a big note. Not my husband and I, just right. my husband. He grew up in a very conservative religious home where sex was not talked about. She grew up in a home where it was discussed openly even at the dinner table. So she joined the church in early adulthood, love having a Christian-centered life and home. However, it's taken 14 years and sharing your podcast with my husband to finally get him to open up about sex at all. It's been both eye-opening and healing to our relationship. We're now doing some experimenting in the bedroom, discovered oral sex, which has been life-changing, and we both feel like newlyweds again. Fantastic. 
When we began an open dialogue about sex in general, he felt so embarrassed to admit that he'd been masturbating during our marriage. So much so that he was physically shaking when he was telling her on her wow. on her fear. Okay. Based on her fear of what it could be. He tells me that it's it's not in conjunction with porn and that it's been a problem mostly during times when he's she's been recovering from a surgery or gone out of town or been physically unavailable. She's saying, I was shocked that he's been carrying around this awful weight of shame our whole married life. I personally don't feel like masturbation is a bad thing under the circumstances he was describing as long as porn's not involved. Our church strongly teaches that masturbation is a sin, and I know where all of his guilt and shame originates. My question, how do I teach my children, two and two girls and one boy, to have a healthy relationship with their bodies and not feel guilty or shameful about sex, all while respecting the teaching of our church in regards to masturbation. I don't want my children to have such an unhealthy relationship with their sexuality as my husband has, but I also want to honor the teachings of our church. These are these are great questions of someone that wants to honor not only their body, honor sexual relationship between husband and wife, but also that honoring of the church body. Right. 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 And, and there can be a hard balance there, especially when you get a church that is saying this yeah. to your family. Yeah. And so my que- my first question is, um, when, and I, I'm answering a question with a question, right? <laughs> but what are... That's a good therapist move. Well, <laughs> I'm not a therapist. No, you're not. But The key that I think of when I when look at this is... What values as husband and wife, as mom and dad, did they have? And how does that join with and how does that conflict with what the church has? So if the church is saying that they believe it believes masturbation is wrong, but mom and dad believe that it's not wrong. Right. Then I certainly think that you've got to go with what do you believe your values are? What is, what is in line with scripture? What's in line with the Bible? And that's what you've got to be based on. If you're in a legalistic church that says, well, it doesn't say specifically in the Bible that it's okay, then I don't, then, but you're okay with it. I don't want you teaching your kids something that isn't, that isn't, in line with what your values are. Right. And this is this is that delicate path of we have a brotherhood of belief that a lot of our listeners listen to. We are a part of that, where we are members of a brotherhood, of a church body that does create a an umbrella under which we live. Okay. Right? Yeah. But the way I think of spirituality and Christianity, it's a at its core a fundamentally personal relationship. It's my relationship with God through Christ. Yeah. And his word. Yeah. So a lot of times very conservative churches have have taken some of the scriptures and taken them out of context or used them from their interpretation to come down on one side or the other of this issue. Yeah. Cuz in large part, just in case uh members of the Sex and Marriage Nation are not familiar with where this would be even coming from, there's no word, there's no, in my reading of, of the text in the, in the scripture, there's no reading of masturbation is a sin. There, there are some things that happen in there where it can be inferred. 
Right, the spilling of semen. Right, and that's coming from an Old Testament story Mm -hmm. of Onan, who it says, do not spill your seed. Mm Mm-hmm. If you took, if you look at it in the context, that was a where he was punished was because his job was to continue a family with his sister in law after his brother had died. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to marry his sister in law and produce children, and he didn't. He spilled his seed, so he pulled out. Yeah, which that's not masturbating. No, it's not. So it's it's looking at it as okay, but again, that's just my read and. This comes down to a personal thing, so it's like you're it's like you're framing this, Pam. Of how do I label what my belief structure is as a body that we attend, and how do I label what my value and belief structure is as a family and a person? Right, and that what you believe as a family and a person is what you're in charge of the training of your kids. And right. of course, we're part of a church body, and we hope that that church is reinforcing it. Right. But if there's something that's in conflict then you've got to go to what you believe is right and enforce that with your kids. Well, and have some conversations with the leaders of your of your faith community. Of Explain this to me. I want to understand where you're coming from because, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's not at all beyond the realm of possibility that a church has adopted a stance on something that has just been passed down through the people that they don't even know why they have the stance anymore. Potentially. Because one person way back in the archives said it, and therefore it has just been passed down. Potentially. Right. And Potentially. So it's I mean, nice hopefully to at least you've get... got leaders that are in the Word. Absolutely. <laughs> I would but, assume you do. <laughs> but you get the idea of, because some of these, when it's not real clear, I mean, there's a lot of faiths. You, you and I were raised in a in a denomination in large part that where the Bible was silent, you're silent. You don't, you can't take a stand on something if the Bible doesn't talk about it. Yeah, that's right. And so those are, that's where a lot of stuff doesn't get addressed, and this is where she, I applaud her for saying, "How do we how do we change this for my children?" So yeah. that and and it sounds in large part you continue what you're doing already between you and your husband in the sense of we're having conversations about this and challenging each other on, am I carrying guilt I need to be? Is am I doing things that are shameful? Am I doing things that are sin? Right. And you trust the Holy Spirit to. Reveal that of, well, I need to dig deeper on this. I'm not yeah. quite certain. And so seek some wise counsel. And even when you're talking with your kids about things, let them know what you've struggled with. They don't have to know every detail. Yeah. But they don't need to know the dirty little things. But they, but the overall broad picture, um, for instance, you know, we've already talked with our kids about masturbation. We, we started talking with that and as adolescents started coming around, right? right. So starting to just have... A conversation of the matter of fact of here's what it is right. without condemning it at all. Right. It's more like a... Be factual. It's a definition, really. Yep. And and here's kind of what the time frame that the wet dreams start happening and, and things like that. And um, so starting off that way with just a matter of fact, because yes. they're going to start hearing things from, from their peers anyway, to get a, a better picture of it is... Step number one, and then as the meanings start being attached to those things, you address those with the kids as they come. Right. This is where it transitions to a dialogue. Yeah. That it's an ongoing conversation. That's not every time you talk with them, but it's it yeah. is one where the topic's going to come up based on the situation and circumstances of life. Yeah. That as they are maturing and growing, 
and you're like, you know what? I'm kind of getting this sense that this could be around the time that puberty is really hitting and adolescence is really taking shape for them. It's probably going to be a good idea that I'd be a little more proactive on some of these topics that normally we wouldn't talk about. Yeah. And I'm a proponent, and I think Pam would agree with this, that this is not a female-to-female conversation only when you're talking about the generations. This is husband talks with the, ki- the, the daughters and the son, just like wife talks to the daughters and the son. That it's yeah. obviously you, you, you temper it and you, as they mature, I mean, we've, we've evolved with our oldest to more, some of the things I'm very willing to talk with her about stuff, but some of them she's more comfortable talking to you about yeah, because you're of her kind. Yeah. And vice versa with right. her son. So you, you, you tailor it and adjust it, but I think you have factual conversations with them based on, look, this is what our church believes. Mm-hmm. This is what. Your dad and I believe this is what we're wrestling with. We can be in slight disagreement, and it's not a huge salvation thing, or yeah. it's not a huge thing because ultimately you need to wrestle with what do you think. Well, and that's where I was going about to go with it because I I get kind of like that idea of the kids seeing that we don't have an absolute answer for everything, right? And that they need to figure things out and research and read and they need to understand to create their yep. own understanding. That's how it makes more meaning and value to themselves. Oh yeah, that's how we all grow up. Yep. Uh no matter what the topic is, we can't rely on a parent's faith or Yep. We all have to eventually faith. launch out onto our own and solidify who we are and what we believe. Yeah. Well as we've done in the past a couple times now, um I'm having with Sex Emergination and the emails and the voicemails that come in, sometimes it's great to have a second opinion join me as we dive into uh, a question directly from the Sex Emergination. And so joining me today is Dale Sadler, who's a licensed professional counselor in the Tennessee area, but he also works in the school district there and is a minister, and he's got a lot of hats that this man's Mm. wearing. So Dale, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very glad to be here. And you also have a couple different books, so can you share the yes. titles? The so titles, uh, they're both on Amazon. A couple of them are on the Kindle. Uh, my parenting book is called Generations to Come, Becoming All Things to Your Child. And my marriage book, my latest marriage book, is Your Best Marriage. Okay. They're both kind of lay out some frameworks uh, for each of those. For the parenting, there's a framework. Mm-hmm. And for the marriage, there's a framework as well. If right. you have any therapists that um, are listening, you know, there'd be interesting books for them to check out um, for just kind of how to explain things. It's a lot of what I say in session. Okay. And your best marriage is actually on the Kindle. Okay, perfect. Well, yeah. thank you. Thanks for, yeah, because I'm, I'm all for resourcing the Sex Emerge Nation. <laughs> and so having other things out there that help people uh, en- enhance because sometimes what what's being said in various fashions will make more sense with some people, whereas you know yeah. mul- multiple voices can always help. And so, here's, I'd love to get your take as you and I can kind of unpack this email that, that's okay. come in from a, a female listener. So she says, "Hi, I've been listening to your show for a while. The biggest issue I feel going on is an addiction issue. My husband grew up surrounded by drinking, where I had an older brother that." was like an alcoholic, but it's nothing I would partake in excessively. And I feel, but he has an issue. I feel he of course thinks his behavior is normal, 
But he goes out with his friends every weekend, every Friday, sometimes not returning home till Sunday or Monday. I have no idea where he is or what he's doing, and he won't talk to me or doesn't talk to me at all while he's gone. So I have no idea what to expect or when to expect him, and I'm getting pretty much sick of it. Tired of being taken the back seat to his friends. I'm think I would love to have kids with him at some point, but I don't want to be raising them alone every weekend. He already has a son, but sometimes he make it to his sporting events on the weekends. But there are other weekends where I go because he's MIA. On top of his complete absence, he's spending hundreds of dollars on alcohol and even sometimes drugs, although he denies. We have hundreds of dollars. We don't have hundreds of dollars to waste on partying. He's currently not working, which I know is making his issues worse. Um, and I have a belief he's probably self-medicating with this with the addiction stuff. And I'm also transferring him money every paycheck to pay his bills, but he uses it to buy booze and is getting behind in his bills. I've long since removed my paycheck from our shared account because he was spending all the money in that account. So now I have a little more control over that aspect, but I still can't control what he's actually spending money on. And then he treats me like I'm crazy when I confront him on how he's spending the money. Basically, I'm at a place right now where I'm trying to figure out if my vows are more important than my own life, well-being, and livelihood. I know that marriage has its seasons, and we're in a bad one, but he isn't doing anything to address his issues. Whereas I've started going to a therapist, taking some medication for anxiety and depression issues, and getting myself back involved in church. I don't see any improvement in his behaviors, though. He's even admitted to me that he doesn't think he'll be motivated to change anything until he hits rock bottom but I'm not sure I'll be able to handle what his rock bottom is. I really don't know what to do next. Mm. So here we go. Cause she would be in the classic tough spot position. Yes, for sure. you got an addicted spouse. So what do you do? Yeah. And you got an absent spouse that won't, yes. that won't even can, you know, confirm his role in it yeah. or, his unwillingness to be responsible, quote unquote, or be an adult even. Exactly. Yeah. We've got a lot of men out there that are not manning up to their responsibility uh, in the marriage. Right. You know, they, and kind of how I've seen this play out is you have two young people, man and woman who come together through partying or any other venue that young people are prone to be involved in. And then, you know, they get married and isn't this great. And the woman matures, but the man does not. He continues to live that life. And for whatever reason, you know, the woman does various reasons, but the woman matures, but the man doesn't. He's stuck in a kind of a boyhood lifestyle where he goes out every weekend and lives irresponsibly. Okay. Is what it amounts yeah, to. Yeah. And so we have this, I wrote a, uh, a blog post uh, on my website, delsadler.net called we have a boyhood epidemic. Right. And it's really just basically where men aren't manning up to their responsibility in the marriage. And it's sad. And it actually angers uh, me as well to see men do this because right. fatherhood, you know, being a husband, they're two of the best things in a man's life. Right. And if, if more men would just step up, they would really find that it's so fulfilling uh, being the husband that your wife needs, being the dad that your son, that your daughter needs. 
And when you do that, you'll find some of the greatest joys you could ever, ever hope for. Right. Now, I would imagine that this fella is thinking, well, you're just trying to control me. Well, guess <laughs> what? When you marry somebody, when you take those vows, and I would ask how, how important are the vows to him. Right. But when you take those vows, you are giving up some control of your life because now it's no longer you. Now it is us. Right. You know. Right. And what you're saying is when you take those vows, you're saying, I am going to act in a certain way that will make you want to stay around. Right. So there's a bit of control there. But again, the benefits of being married, of staying married, you know, outweigh a lot of the the risks uh, involved in, in staying single or even divorcing. Now, that brings us to her question of how important are her vows versus her well-being. Right. And if, you know, she can kind of see her well-being in the light of her vows and work to improve that well-being, then you've got a win-win happening. Sure. But I, I think you also, from kind of the way she's framing it, which I think is an accurate way to do it, is uh, this is my two-choice dilemma of, yeah. of myself versus my vows. Because right. some, in some regards, those are one and the same, but in other regards, they're right. not because your vows also in, incorporate another person and yeah. you can't control yeah. them. That's what she's talking about. Cause there's another component in this, which is the addictive philosophy yeah. and, and component of her, of her relationship in that most addicts don't consider themselves addicts. Hence the problem. Right. <laughs> so, he's she's crazy. Yep. He's totally manipulating her. You know, if you're out every weekend with your friends and you're not coming home till Friday, unless you're backcountry camping with a fly rod in your hand, um, you've got a, a problem with drugs or alcohol. Now, right. you know, we don't know exactly where she is on this timeline, right? but I, I'm, I, I get a really good sense of it where she asks, uh, are my vows more important than my well-being? Right. And I tell you what's in the divide there, because I kind of gave an illustration of how they're maybe one and the same to a degree. But what has divided them here in her mind and gives us an indication of where she is, is when she says he's not motivated to change right. until he hits rock bottom. Right. And I don't think I can handle his, his rock, rock bottom. bottom. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, don't, don't, you know, endanger your well-being to the point of abuse yep. or, you know, any number of things that can go wrong in your own personal life um, when somebody else has a problem. Well, and this this is where I'm glad you picked up on this, because if you're talking about um, how do I interrelate with another human being, especially one that's got some destructive tendencies and choices that they are repeatedly making, mm-hmm. how do you... You, to me, you got to separate this out to where I see it as if he's taking the stance of he's even admitted he doesn't think he'll be motivated to change until he hits rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, my thought to the woman that has emailed in is how do you become a part of his rock bottom? Yeah. That you're not part of the one that's going to go down with it. You're going to be part of the one that's going to create it. As, okay. as yeah. in... I, here's how long I'll tolerate this. And maybe the rock bottom is I won't tolerate it anymore. And I will handle myself and conduct myself with, with some self-respect and I'm not being belligerent or overreactive on things. I'm just saying, this is my next step. And maybe that is me removing myself from the relationship for a time and a season to see. Yeah. 
And, yeah. and, and she's, she's doing a good job by separating their money. Yeah. You know, she mentioned that. Yeah. A lot of women uh, who get in this particular situation, they don't have a way out. Right. Right. Uh, they don't have the finances because, you know, maybe the manipulative husband has, you know, set them up to where nothing's in their name. Right. You know, right. And they, they have nowhere to go. And whether planned or not, the husband has set them up to be locked into this negative relationship. And I'm glad to hear that she has uh, a way out financially because he's spending her money. You yeah, know? She's, she's already level. done a lot of this. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's already done a lot of these steps. Now it's yeah. just holding to them. I don't blame them. her at all. Yeah. Not, yes, hold it, holding to them and not buying into the bait of maybe he's right yeah. <laughs> on his view. It's like, no, nope, you know what? You can see it your way. I see it mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she knows that the, she's got to rest on her reality. Right. Because his reality is she's the one with the problem, but he's out drinking and partying two or three nights on the weekends. Yep. And and that's just, that's not responsible. You right. know, he's going to be drunk driving or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Who knows? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's, I, I think that this is one of those things. If she's sitting here saying, or he's actually saying, I don't know if I can change until I hit rock bottom. My whole thought immediately yeah. is, well, help be part of that rock bottom. But yeah, just don't help, go down with him. expedite that along, you know. <laughs> exactly. he, you know, he's about to lose his wife, and, you know, that ought to mean something to him. Well, if, if it doesn't, there's your answer. Yep. Is, is the bottle more important than me? Well said. Well, Dale, thank you very much for spending some time. Um offering your 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 insight and your viewpoints on on everything we've covered mm. uh well, hey, so, i can talk about barbecue i know you guys do the cow out there. We, we do we do we do enjoy it. some good barbecue here in texas yeah, that'll be a different show that that'll be a different show but tell people how they can find you just because i want sex imagination to know if i want to know more about dale's and his work where do they go right i'm on facebook just look up dale sadler uh uh, family counselor. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, and my website is dellsadler.net and my books are on Amazon, uh, generations to come and your best marriage. Your best marriage was just released a few months ago. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Dale, for, for joining me. Yes, sir. Good talking to you. Well, we went all over the place today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with some of the content, that we covered thanks to the Sexy Marriage Nation and their questions. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, so much for the feedback. 214-702-9565. We want to hear your voices. Um, and uh, voicemails get first dibs on topics mm-hmm. that we want to cover. Yeah. Uh, we also want to uh, give a personal plea, an invitation. Invitation. Come in June 2019 to the getaway with us. Yeah, tell your spouse how thankful you are for him and give this to him for Thanksgiving. Or to Christmas, and that's kind of why we're that's why we're opening up early. Yeah. Because we want to see you there and we want you to join us. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thank you for taking some time out of your day every week to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.